I've titled it, When God Says No. When God Says No. Do we have the passage of Scripture from Ecclesiastes chapter 3? We need some time. All right. Not a problem. Let's do it the old-fashioned way. To everything, there's a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. Then he enters into 28 different seasons that it's possible that happens in life. Every individual may not face those 28 seasons, but somehow in the whole of life, those seasons have or will appear. And people will have to navigate those seasons. But the good news is, is that it's a season, and it has purpose. 28 different seasons, and yet, there it is, all right. And 14 different contrastings within those seasons. So we'll look at it. To everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. How many know that's for us right now then? Huh? Because we're, what, what, where are we? We're under heaven. All right. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and then a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace, and there is a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to gain, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to away. Time to tear, tear and a time to sow. Time to keep silence and then there's a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate. Time of war and time of peace. It would be nice if we had choices. Somehow we're in charge. And we can make those choices based upon what was good for us. Everything in life has its own season. And within those seasons, we are often sitting in God's waiting room. 
God's waiting room. Waiting from time to time for medical diagnosis. Waiting for financial relief. Some people are waiting for a promotion. Others are waiting for relationships to be restored. Some have a waiting room waiting for the prodigals to come home. There are others who are waiting for their heart to mend, for healing to occur. All of us, I'm sure, at one time or another, are waiting for answers, for the things we can't understand. Those things in life, those twists, those turns, and those tragedies. Seldom do we raise question on the positive side of life. Most of our questions arise when the negative or the uncomfortable or the things that, you know, are not enjoyable. But everything has its time. And everything has its purpose. Purpose. It's the one thing you want to, you know, set yourself in sales regarding is that you want to expect change. Because in each of these contrasts, it's change. It's change. Not only do we expect change, but we want to look for the gift that's in the time and discover the purpose because there's a gift there. What will make it easier also is because it is what it is that seasons and purpose you want to go with the flow. That's not, I'm not being flippant this morning. But if seasons change and there's divine purposes for it, then there is a definite flow. Not just nonchalantly, but understanding that one season leads to other season. The preclude of that season is necessary for the other season. And then he says in verse 11 that everything is beautiful in its own time. Everything is beautiful in its own time. There are actions and there are emotions, emotions that are fit for specific events that happen 
in life. And as a church and as individuals, we have to learn to work and walk in the season. Everything is time dependent. It's time dependent. God is the only one that is not time dependent. But the good news and the wonderful truth of it is is that God is the one that has made time. And time, therefore, then infers limitations. You and I are all in the waiting room of life this morning. In some phase or facet, we are waiting. In God's waiting room. Whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, And in that waiting room is those moments and times when we come to the vacuum of the unexplainable ways of God. When you're in the waiting room, it's not just time relevant. It is focus relevant. When you're in the waiting room, it is time to focus on God. Psalms, excuse me, it would be Isaiah 40 and 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall re knew their strength. Not only in the service, but in the focus. Psalms 27 and 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen you. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I think that this Stress is not just time frame, but focus. Psalms 130 and 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. See, your wait is not bad because you're waiting for Lord, who is the administrator of life. The psalmist said, I will wait to see what he will say to me. He assures us that there will be communication. God will, and God does. The 
unexplainable ways of God. Waiting can, can be long or it can be short. Joseph waited 13 years. Abraham waited 25 years. Moses waited 40 years. Jesus waited 30 years. So the fact of the matter is, if you are waiting this morning, you're in good company. You're in good company. In waiting, it is frequent that you have to wait without the details. And yet that is what we want most. Mary and Martha was waiting for Jesus to come. And of course, waiting for him to come and heal their brother. And when he didn't show up, when he finally arrived, he was accused of taking too long. You took too long. But God has good reasons. We're making this way. One of the great challenges is in, in the human aspect, and of course we as, as Christians and believers, you know what I mean, we believe it, but we still struggle with it, and that is in all that ways acknowledge the Lord and he shall direct your path. Lean not to your own understanding, right? That first part. He doesn't want our understanding to be the pillar in which we evaluate and make determinations in how life affects us. Irrespect, or along with that, he's not just saying, you know, hands off. No. He said, I know what you're going through. I know the challenges that you're facing. I know the feelings that you're feeling. The trauma that's overwhelming you. The shortages that sometimes have taken center stage in your life. Even in Jesus' ministry, tax time came around and there were many means by which to pay the taxes. I cannot tell you what those reasons are. But invariably, as in the case of Lazarus, waiting reasons is because he's got something better. There's something more powerful 
there's some there's more glory that's being set up than just the recovery. The scripture says that there's some benefits of waiting. According to James, that the benefit of waiting, focusing on the Lord, assures us that there's a full development, both of the product and the person. He said that you may be complete, lacking nothing. Waiting develops perspective. Not only does it develop perspective, but if the focus is right, it develops intimacy with God. What's important in life? God is revealed more intimately. I wish I would have known in my 20s what I know in my 60s. In most of it, I learned in the waiting room. Most of it, I learned in the silence, what seemed to be the silence of God. But it really wasn't the absence of silence. It was the fine-tuning of the ear. It was the prophet Elijah that in his crisis he developed a fine-tuned ear. As he was hiding in the cave and waiting. And as the various sounds of nature and what he thought might be the voice of God. And as he stepped into it, he discovered it wasn't. But he finally arrived to that still small voice. Crowds are in loudness are wonderful, but there's something more special about still small voice. In the radiant waiting room, scripture says God builds character and anticipation and faith. See, we are so interested in our destination. God is interested in our journey. When he was tempted in all points like as we are to become our high priest, what was he doing it for? For our destination? No. The cross did that. He was interested in our journey. 
who's interested in your journey. He had family that didn't believe. He did. And the list can go on. But the good news, too, is in the waiting room, you never have to wait without him. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But the fact still remains that God's delays cause the emotional stress. Here's what happened to the psalmist in Psalm 69 and 3. I'm weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Invariably, it's always we're waiting for the answer. We're waiting for the results. We're waiting for understanding. Sometimes, according to Psalm 62 and 1, you are the type of person that just waits in silence. I would probably be that type of person. My soul waits in silence. God and this confession of my from him is my salvation waiting is difficult life is short we're always moving on There are character players sometimes in our life that are part of the reason for waiting. Paul spent two years in prison waiting to get released because he knew that what God had called him to do. But there was an individual who had a political agenda. His name was Felix. He was a politician. He made Paul wait so he could get some kind of personal gain out of it. Peter said that there's something valuable that's going on in the waiting room. There's something major that's taken place. The increase of your your reward and your future is piling up. Your investments are, are just climbing at a rate. And if it was not for the waiting room... If it was not for the unexplainable, if it was not for the unanswerable questions, it was, if it was not for the, 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 the elements 
that are uncomfortable. It wouldn't be going up. Your stocks would be flat. Peter writes and says, I, I know even though you are temporarily harassed by all kinds of trials and temptations, it's no accident. It happens to prove your faith, which is more infinitely valuable than gold that is perishing. Trying to get a handle on seasons. I understand the, the purpose. The one writer says, faced with the dilemmas. He says, this too shall pass. Knowing when to move from one season to the next season. King David was faced with mourning and sadness and in petition to the Almighty God for his son. He gives himself to prayer. He gives himself to fasting, no food. And he stuck with it. But then when he gets the report that his son has passed away, the Bible says that he does what's appropriate for the change of seasons. And he washed himself. He clothed himself. And he went back to life as normal. There is a season. Once the verdict has been made, the handwriting has been written, it's to our advantage to move to the season. Delays prepare you for the dream that's coming. It prepares you for the dream that's coming. It actually has a way of pushing you forward. God has not stopped dreaming about you and for you.
Today you might have frustration. Today you might have confusion. But tomorrow there will be reason for celebration. Because there's always a crucifixion before there is a resurrection. Crucifixions are tough. I know the plans I have for you, plans of good and not of evil. What is he saying? He's looking at the future, but he's also revealing the present. Think about it. I've got plans. <laughs> well, you don't need plans of good if good is already there. Romans 8.28 says, we know that all things work together for good. You don't need to work good into good. Right? <laughs> I mean, the pictures that he's showing us and, you know, in, in those passages of scriptures, you know, and he, it's relating to life. It's, it's saying, you know, things are what they are, but they're about to change. writer said your help doesn't come from north it doesn't come from the south it doesn't come from the east or the west what's he saying what direction are you looking hallelujah are you looking to the north are you looking to the south are you looking to the east are you looking to the west no where does it come from my help comes from the lord And then he goes and he paints the size of the helper who made heaven and earth. He's not being oblivious. He's not being insensitive. He's saying, you're helper. really has means. Your helper really doesn't have any limitations. And it says that he's a present help in the time of need. I'll ask my musicians to come this morning. I had prepared for 2018 visions and anticipations. But I felt it's important that we in delays 
end delays, we have the opportunity to exercise the terms of our covenant. That's right. In delays, we have the opportunity to exercise the terms of our covenant. And the terms of our covenant just basically are simple, and that is faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. I want to wrap it up this morning with when God says no. You know the story of Paul. Found in 2 Corinthians 12, and yet he alludes to this, you know, challenging difficulty in his life throughout his writings. He goes to God and he says, God, I, I really want you to remove this. Get the picture and God says, what does he say? No. No. I don't know the span of time that goes in there, but you know, the challenge of it is just kind of overwhelming. There's no doubt about it because he's making some heavy, some heavy petitions here and he goes to God the second time and says, God, you know, can't want you to do it. Want you remove this? And God comes back and says, "No." And you know the story. Paul says three times I did this, and so the third time he comes to God and he said, "God, you know, I, I, I mean, I think he's getting desperate, man. Like we all do." says no but my grace is sufficient for you see his nose are never left without an attendant his nose are never leave us in a vacuum His no is never, you know, God removing himself. It's God placing himself. Oh, church. Never. Sometimes we'll discover that God's best can be painful. God's best 
can be painful. His next days in dealing with that, you know what I mean? He had to keep going to the medicine cabinet of God. Pull out the grace. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. I believe that he would just take the word, you know. And as he read that word, as he processed that word, you know what I mean? As it, in, as it influenced him and, and increased his understanding, you know what I mean? There was a, there was a healing balm. They give him the power for endurance. But you know, Paul is not the only one that God said no to. God said no to Jesus. I. His no's are always because he's got something better planned. The Bible says that Jesus came to the Father. If it's possible, can you change this? Father says, no, there's no other way. Because Jesus, you were not here to save yourself. You are here to save humanity. And so he goes the first time and says, what do you think? The father says, no. He goes the second time and the father says, no. And he goes the third time and the father says, no. Even though within that framework, Jesus always had a heart of whatever you want, Father, he is still making a request. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Stand with me this morning. God's no is not rejection, but resurrection. God's no isn't punishment, but it's preparation. Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 5 and says, Knowing that the suffering of this present produces hope. God 
when things are unexplainable. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes we have to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The no of David became the yes of Solomon. These are just tidbits of truth, church, that, you know, that you don't get so focused on the no that you get focused on that there's a reason for the no. Because there's a yes in God that he has a range that eventually cancels out every no. We work in the present. God works in the past, the present, and the future. Let me read this. As God heals our hearts, The wise man has went ahead and had a view of life that no one else on earth has had a view of. His name is Solomon. It says so. He has insights on life. He has went ahead and experienced life. He's created his own experiences. wasn't just what life brought him, but it was also what he would bring to life. He said, I went ahead and I, I got this and I got that and I've done this and I've done that. And he says, I returned and saw under the sun. The race is not to the swift. It's not how fast you run. The battle is not to the strong. Nor bread to the wise. Nor riches to men of understanding. Nor favor to men of skill. Fall on your knees. That's what it is. The time and chance happen. For man does not know his time like fish taken in a cruel net. Hear that word? It's cruel. Like birds caught in a snare. So the sons of men are snared even an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. Life doesn't always make sense. 
sometimes God says, 